0: What's going on everyone, how you doing? Marcus Harris here. Uh, very excited to be with all of you today. We're actually kicking off episode one of Life After. Uh, this has been in the makes for quite some time, probably even years. Uh, but once I decided to move forward and and actually pull the trigger, then it actually took a little longer to, to be able to put all this together for all of you. Um, I'm very excited. Uh, We have one of my former teammates with us today. Uh, His name's Joey Johnson. Uh, We actually played football together at the University of Colorado. And ironically, we actually sat right next to each other in the locker room. So very excited to introduce you guys to Joey Johnson. Uh, Very uh, compelling and interesting story that he's gonna be sharing with you guys today. So Joey, how you doing?
1: Uh, Thanks for having me on, dude. I'm stoked to yeah, Uh, on some real
0: stuff, man. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I know we we talked earlier, and uh, again, just the the purpose of life after for me is we all go through these life after events, and it's it it could be sooner, it could be later, uh, just different parts of your life uh, that would be specifically a life after event. And uh, that could be a a change, it could be a loss, um, it could be an end of a career, uh, specific to the sporting world. Uh, And this is men and women, not just men, not just athletes, but men and women. And the reason I wanted to create Life After is I wanna create a platform where we can actually come together, men and women, and actually share our Life After experiences, because I want other people to know whether you're younger or you're older, whatever that may be, everything in between, where you're not alone, you're not going through these things, you know, you're not the only one that's gone through them. And so I want a place for people to be able to come together and just listen and share and be real. And that's exactly what we're doing today. So Joey, could you just introduce yourself and, and just uh, tell everyone just about yourself?
1: Yeah, uh, my name is Joseph Johnson. I'm from San Antonio, Texas, Douglas MacArthur High School. Um, Got a scholarship to play at the University of Colorado. I was actually born in Colorado, and it's one of my favorite places on the planet. So uh, I was the first class of Gary Barnett, and I actually took my visit after I signed. I was kind of a late. i had been recruited to Northwestern where he was at. And I uh, uh, was going to go to Southwest Texas, but Coach John Riston called me a couple days before the signing date and, and offered me a scholarship and uh, jumped at it. So was excited to play in the Big 12, excited to play against Texas and Texas A&M, who hadn't really recruited me very hard. And, and uh, So yeah, that worked out, man. It was amazing.
0: <laughs> Joey, I know you are obviously a great football player. You received a Fulbright scholarship to the University of Colorado but I know over our time playing together, you were also a great basketball player. Did you ever uh, wanna play basketball or was that ever in your cards for you?
1: So basketball, I probably liked more than football. Uh, (laughs) I didn't have a left hand and I couldn't shoot free throws, but (laughs) I enjoyed playing it. Um, I played my junior year in high school, freshman, sophomore, junior year, and then uh, was kind of Told to focus on on one or the other, and I had some attention at the time, um, so I just made the decision to to focus on football. But uh, I still play basketball, pickup games. I'm actually in a league twice a week. So uh, yeah, that's it's hard to say my first love, but I'm a big basketball fan.
0: Oh yeah, no, I think all of us, you know, growing up, we uh, play multiple sports, and you know, for myself, it was football, wrestling, and baseball. And uh, you know me, I was undefeated state champion, even through college. I know a lot of guys tried me in the locker room and that didn't work out too good for them. Uh, But I never had a passion to go, you know, into college and wrestle and even baseball. I love baseball and everyone actually said that was my best sport growing up. But my passion just like yours was, was football. And so I'm glad that we obviously made a good choice. Yeah,
1: yeah, me as well. I mean, there's no better team sport in my opinion, you know. And you don't learn as much of it in high school, obviously, when, you know it's another level going to college. And for you, I'm sure it's even another level in the pros. But uh, you know, if one person doesn't doesn't hold up their responsibility, it, it becomes evident. And uh, the team, the brotherhood is something uh, that was probably my favorite. It's something that when when that kind of dissolved for me, um, left a, a, an empty place, man is is repairing that dedication and, and you know they compare football a lot with war and you know I've heard war, war veterans say it. Coach Barnett always you know made light references to it but yeah we were in the trenches man. We formed some some big bonds and uh, yeah it was a good time.
0: Yeah and just to go off of what you're saying Joey you know the, the countless hours that we spend together you know from morning to night literally seven days a week um, you just build that bond with you know pretty much everyone and I, and I think for me, I was friends and I was cool with everyone, but then you have a, a circle of guys that you're really close with and you could connect with and you know that, that lasts for four to five years at the college level. And then it's the same thing in the, in the pros. You know, and, and I think for a lot of athletes, whether you're done playing after college or after the NFL or the pros at the professional level, that's where that, that empty feeling and that gap is gone you know cuz i even get people ask me today you know do you miss playing and you know don't you wish you could be out there and i'm like you know i i do miss it but honestly the biggest thing i miss is is the guys and and the brotherhood and and the trips and the and traveling and you know all the things that we did you know before a game and after a game and on the plane and on those bus bus rides and getting the police escort those are things that you have to actually be involved to actually understand and and just have that feeling because if you're on the outside looking in, I don't think a lot of people understand that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Blood, sweat, and tears. You're absolutely right, man. Special, special times. You know, hard times, you know, going three and eight and then 10 and two. We went through every, you know, the gambit of emotion there, man. From, uh, okay, we're not very good. Is everybody just going to roll over and, and accept that? Or, you no, know, are we going to work our butts off? in the summer, summer conditioning, you know, spring practice, uh, winter conditioning, uh, push each other, hold each other accountable, um, and and make big things happen. And for us, that's just what happened. We couldn't have had a more storybook uh, college career, you know, maybe going to the national championship over Nebraska or something like that. But just the, the turnaround that we did, man, the group of guys that we had, I, I wouldn't trade it for anything, man.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So let's just uh, expand a little further into your college career. Can you kind of share with uh, everyone just how that kind of played out and how you started and then how that finished?
1: Yeah, so um, I ended up playing as a true freshman, mostly on special teams, um, and burned up my red shirt. Uh, My sophomore year, I played very sparingly, um, you know, 10, 15 plays at linebacker. Um, was on all four special teams, and we were three and eight. We missed the ball. Um, we lost a lot of close games. We had some some talent, some potential, but uh, I wanted to transfer. You know, I you know I had a big ego and thought I should be playing. And Southwest Texas State, you know, right outside of San Antonio, um, Division One AA at the time, or Division One now. I was still in contact with the coaches. They were like, "Yeah, come on down. You'll start." Um, Coach Barnett actually didn't sign my papers to, to transfer, which ended up being the biggest blessing. Him, Coach Cabral, you know, all, they could see something in me that they wanted me to stake. Uh, Barnett said, finish spring spring practice. If you still want to go, I'll release you then and, and you can leave. Ended up having a great spring, was behind Jay Sean Sykes, uh, but was starting like in the dime package and getting to see the field more. Uh, Got a little bit stronger, put on a little bit of weight. Um, And then our junior year, you know, 2001, ended up going, winning the Big 12 Championship, going to the Fiesta Bowl. Jay Sean ends up getting hurt and so I kind of get thrown in uh, to to that spot and starting and and I was prepared for it and I was able to to help the team just as a lot of people did um, and, and experience that wonderful year.
0: And Joey just correct me if I'm wrong you know from what I hear is you know it's it's probably a typical scenario for the the college athlete male or female Uh, you go to a major uh, division Mm -hmm. one program obviously great players at pretty much every position Uh, you come in as a young guy you're probably all American all world all everything because that's why you're there and and being just young and probably immature um, you think you should be out there, and you know, starting, and, and as we know, you have to earn that. You know, you have to be prepared. You never know when it's going to come. It could become, like you said, with Jay Sean, it came after injury. Um, obviously, guys graduate, and so you never know when that's going to happen. But would you say it's fair that as a as a young player, you need to obviously be prepared, uh, be ready for your opportunity, and obviously, once you're out there, you have to take advantage of it.
1: Absolutely. One hundred percent. Coach Cabral, our linebacker coach, called it sophomoritis. and you know you 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 don't have the wide eyes as a freshman. You you know the routine. You've been through through winter conditioning in a camp, and whether it's school or just you want the the return feelings of high school, you know, and being the all star, all American, everybody you know knowing your name, and you can kind of get lulled into you deserve more instead of working hard um you know that sophomore year was wasted on me because i was just mentally not there um my junior year i had a you know a little bit of awakening and just worked hard in the weight room uh you know doing doing everything i could for the chance to be put in and it ended up happening um, so yeah keep keep your head down and grind do it you know do it for the guys next to you that's that's what it's all about, in my opinion.
0: Yep, absolutely. So let's let's fast forward, Joey. So you you come to your your senior year. Uh, what does your senior look like for you personally?
1: So yeah, when, you know when I think of life after this is kind of I, I have two, you know, life after college football, um, which which spun me out and was a hard hard deal, and then life after depression and addiction and stuff like that but life after football so you know we have a great year our junior year our senior year we we changed defenses a little um we're still kind of riding that that wave um and we win some games and we we have a good team we end up going to the alamo bowl Mm -hmm. i started having back issues uh oklahoma state like third or fourth game into the season and had some epidural shots you know to, to strengthen it up and it just was kind of a nagging injury I ended up having surgery with three games left in the season so I missed Nebraska I uh, missed the bowl game and then that was the end of my career so it was a very anticlimactic uh, end, ending to football uh, I never really recovered you know I never did physical therapy I slid into a depression. And what really happened is not being a part of the team um, and not being prepared for life after football. You know, school was the second priority to myself. Um, I got I got my degree, but I was always waiting for a chance at the big league or, or to make a living at it, you know. I can remember my family. My I got two older brothers. And my mom, you know, talking about when I was young, how I'm gonna support and get a, support the family when I make it to the NFL. Uh, we have a big house. My mom's gonna live in the basement. I'm gonna take care of her. Well, all those, those dreams weren't happening. So I had this burden on me, one. Two, I, I lost all the accountability and responsibility of showing up to practice, you know, helping my teammates being in the weight room and I was just there like a lost child. So uh, then I started taking some painkillers from my back. You know, it's, it's a typical thing. It's going on out there all the time. Mm-hmm. And that mental place where I was at mixed with the, the pain that I was in created created kind of a monster. So the next 15 years I battled with depression, drug addiction as those, those Vicodin and Percocet, tumbled into heroin, methamphetamines, anything that I could do to get out of myself, to to not deal with feelings of, you know, some feelings of regret. Did I not work hard enough in the weight room? You know, could I have done more? Could I have not, you know, prevented my back injury? Um, Life gave me a raw deal. All these excuses that I made um, that I couldn't deal with. So uh you mentioned it when we were talking earlier i've got 20 months clean and over now mm-hmm. uh, i've got my family i've got player support all these things that i thought were gone um are coming back to me now and i'm i've got some new glasses i'm seeing the world through
0: yeah that's amazing and joey i just want to thank you for sharing that you know because that's that's a real life after event um you know it's not sugar-coated uh you're obviously sharing your experience uh, you know I asked a question about your senior year uh, like a lot of guys injuries come into play in, in many sports and you know like we talked about earlier you have that brotherhood and you're a part of the team and you're traveling and you're playing whether you, you're a starter or you know special teams or whatever that may be and because of injury that's gone you know and and for you because of the pain and, and the back issues that you're having you you took these pills these opiates uh, to help you but then one thing small led, led to something bigger and then it kind of spiraled for you. Is that is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. so so obviously... Go ahead. I was just saying, you know, it, it started out small um, and then, you know, because you probably had it so many times or so many pills, you just needed something stronger because, you know, the the, the little pills that you took that were so strong at one time, they weren't anymore and, and then that led into to drug use.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, I can actually remember a, a turning point where I was just taking them. every time I had a little bit of pain, um, maybe two or three months worth. My prescription had run out and I can remember talking to the training staff, you know, saying, hey, can I get some more? And they're like, well, you've already taken so much and so much. Mm-hmm. And then two or three days later, feeling terrible. I was literally going through physical withdrawal and and unaware of it. That's how naive I was about the whole physical reaction to opiates. So I couldn't couldn't just stop taking them. I mean, it's like having the flu every day. And you think mentally you're addicted to it, but physically you are too. So uh, I started withdrawing. Then once, you know... The team doctors couldn't give me any more. Then it's like, oh, you know, somebody, you meet's got a prescription, and you get it from there. and Then you start getting them on the street, and it's just a, 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 downward cycle.
0: Yeah, and and even you know back then in the in the early two thousands, you know, I think, uh, we've I think we've always known about the the epidemic specific to you know painkillers, but I think today. It's it's out there. It's you know we're more aware of it. There's probably more research, and so uh, unfortunately for you at the time, we probably didn't know uh, as much as we do today. As as we you know that that we didn't know back then. Yeah. So and so where did where did that land? Excuse me. Where did that uh, land you? Uh, you know, starting out with the pills, going into drugs. What what happened to you personally? What did so, you So. That was the beginning of
1: me running. You know, I ran from responsibilities. I ran from myself. Uh, I went out to California, I lived with my brother, um, started working, but could never really hold down a job, um, could never really climb the ladder. You know, it was, it was a lot of self-sabotage too. Um, and drugs were always a part of it. It was always something I needed to feel better in my own skin. Um, so I bounced around to Wisconsin, I went back to Texas, living with friends, burning a lot of bridges and just being, um, you know, I was a good person, but I, I had a disease and, and you know, I, I'm an addict. So, um, I, I'd go somewhere, I'd stay, I, I'd burn some bridges and when resources and stuff ran out, I'd go somewhere else. Um, that eventually led me to... Getting uh, a a felony possession of heroin in Wisconsin. Um, I got two years probation and I got offered uh, drug court, which is a program out there that lasts a year. You're still out on the streets, and and if you finish the program, the felony gets wiped off your record and and you're clean. I couldn't do that. (laughs) Uh, I failed the program. um, Just The only thing, I overdosed a couple times. Um, I overdosed at my mom's house. She found me in the bathroom. Um, Just a lot of terrible stuff. I I got brought back from Narcan. You know, that's uh, an opiate antagonist. That's a great product. I went to rehab three or four times. Uh, My brother paid out of his pocket to send me to rehab. I had a lot of support, but I... The only thing that helped me was going to prison. Yeah. So I did 14 months uh, in Wisconsin prison after failing my probation um, and was able there to not talk my way out of anything. I mean, I was there, so I cleaned out physically. Um, after about a month, I, I started getting some strength back because I was on death's door. Yeah. Um, I started talking to some guys like yourself, Marcus, um, coaches, players that players and, and people and friends and family that had just been waiting. You know, my brother told me he had pretty much resigned himself of, of my death. I mean, that's how bad it was. But getting locked up saved my life. So I was able to rebuild those relationships, start exercising again, Um getting spiritual. I've got a spiritual foundation now that, that carries me through any of these emotional roller coasters that I used to use drugs for. So that now is my life after addiction and, and depression. So it's a beautiful thing, man.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I know, Joey, you know, for you, I know your your family, your mom, your brother, uh, you know, you your grandparents, these, these people were always there for you. So it wasn't uh, an issue of, you know, you didn't have support, you didn't have people that cared about you. Uh, even players, I know over the years, you know, they they came and, and went just because, like you said earlier, kind of your own demise. And guys were at a point, and even family members, where they're like, you know what, we, we've done everything we can, we can't do anything else, but now it's it's on you, Joey. And, uh, you know, I think it's amazing that you, you went through all that for so long, and it really, literally took you getting locked up and actually just making that, that mental change, obviously getting that, that crap out of your system and becoming clean. And then once your your mind was clear, you were able to say, okay, you know what? This isn't who I am. This isn't who I wanna be. And so now going forward I gotta make these changes. And, you know, luckily you and I, I know we were able to stay in touch while you're you were locked up. And um, again, you just opened up with me and, and just shared with me where you were at. Um, I know we got to see each other over the summer at the bus for life event. Um, and you know, honestly, you, you, you look great. I know you're doing amazing. Um, it's not over. I know it's going to be a constant struggle, uh, but you're doing all the right things. You have a great support system and I'm just excited for your future.
1: Thanks, Marcus. It means a lot, man. Uh, you've said a lot of good things there. So, uh, it's, this is a great platform, you know, real quick, one of the things that kept me isolated was um, you know feeling bad about myself and, and thinking that friends and family you know judged me and really it was just all love so um, this is a great platform man just to get out you know I held a lot of stuff in and, and isolated for a long time and, it, and it's it did me didn't do me any good so this is a great platform man I'm really proud of you dude always have been. Um you know, I miss going out and, and taking the field before games with you and, and beating you in, in the pooch punt contest. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm good. <laughs>
0: You actually took getting locked up, but what advice, if any, could you give to someone else listening today that could be going through the same thing, that they know they need to make changes, uh, they're they're headed down, down a path of destruction. What advice could you give them to actually help them where they're currently at? Because you were obviously there at one time.
1: Yeah, man, I know. I know people are going through it right now uh if i could say one thing right now it would be communicate um you know everybody's got those people out there that maybe they think they've disappointed and that keeps them from from opening those lines of communication but those are the people that that love you whether it's mom and dad brother and sister cousin teammate um friend co-worker if you're going through it and you have some issues, it's always helpful to get another perspective. It's never as bad as it seems. There's always a way out. Um, life is beautiful, man. People are, are good. And uh, yeah, communicate, talk. Don't, don't you don't have to do it alone, so.
0: I haven't been in your shoes specifically, but I know, you know we all came together over the summer. We had an amazing Bus for Life event. Um, you and Bo did a great interview, and again, I appreciate you just speaking out and sharing your story, uh, because that's what I see today. Is you know, guys like you coming forward and and sharing your story to where maybe back in the day, you know, that wasn't the norm. We didn't have these these uh, ways and abilities to share, you know, like we do today on social media, and so. I think for people they were probably more confined and didn't know there was help and ways out of these type of situations but again i just want to thank you for for coming on today sharing your real story opening up and again you know the goal of this entire platform is to have guys like you come on and just share your story you know because for me i've had too many guys that that we i played with and i know you have too as as well at the college level but they they just didn't know how to deal with it, and they ended up committing committing suicide. And you know, my goal is that if there's people out there listening today, and we can actually help them and give them just real stories, guys, uh, guidelines, uh, advice, whatever word you want to use. You know, if we can save a life at the end of the day, that's that's the goal. So, again, thanks, brother. And you know, I, when I say brother, you are my brother, and uh, I'm always here for you. And uh, just thanks for being on today.
1: Absolutely, Marcus. Thanks for having me, man. What, great great to chat with you, man. And love you, bud. You know
0: that. Yes. Thanks, brother. All right, man. I just wanted to thank everyone for listening today. Again, very excited that Joey Johnson was on, uh, opening up, sharing his real-life story, his life after uh, events, in this case. Um, and I know a lot of you could be going through the same, similar type of stories, maybe not specific to NF, you know, NFL football or college football, but just in life in general. And you might be in a place where you don't know what to do, you don't know where to turn. And again, that's why we created this platform for you to not just listen once, but to con- continue to come back and, and listen. And so I just wanna ask you guys to you know, uh, share this message Uh, Use all the different platforms out there through social media because whether it's you personally or someone that you know There's someone out there that needs to hear this. So thank you for being on today Thank you for listening and I look forward to to seeing all you and hearing from you on the next episode Thanks everyone for listening today Please do me a huge favor and make sure you subscribe to life after if you could leave a rating and share this show with friends and family This will help us reach more people who may need the help. It could even save their life.